Hello and welcome to the last episode of the year. I'm actually very excited because I'm the type of person who gets excited about doing one thing and then I do it and then I jump onto the next thing. So yeah, I am very happy that I stuck with this podcast because honestly, I love it and I love all the stories that I hear and these interviews really inspire me. So if you followed and like listen since the beginning i hope that the podcast has inspired you and thank you very much for being here and if you're new i hope that you like it and come back for more amazing stories <laughs> talking about that in today's episode i had the chance to interview ritika shenoy a journalist avid reader and a tennis lover with a sweet tooth when ritika turned 25 it was her second day as a new immigrant in canada she had left her career as a lawyer in India to study a master's in journalism in the new country that welcomed her. Quite frankly, she didn't know what to expect. She had taken a huge risk and threw herself into the deep end, hoping that things would work out. Five years later, despite facing several bumps on the road, she can attest that they turned out great and that ultimately she had tons of fun. I hope that you enjoy our conversation and I wish you all very happy holidays. Thank you for being here and I'll see you in 2023. Enjoy! Project 25 was born out of the obsession that we have of figuring things out. Honestly, being 25 is weird because we either pursue certain goals without questioning if they're what we truly want or we're not sure what direction to follow, and that leaves us with a lot of uncertainty. I'm Andrea Juarez, I'm 25, and I decided to ask my family members, friends, and people I admire about their experiences being 25, what they did, what were their beliefs, what they've learned, and what's their advice for the new generation of 20-somethings. There is a lot to live and learn, and I believe that by listening to others, we can reflect and learn a little bit more about ourselves and think about what we want for our present and for our future. Ritika, thank you very much for being here and for your interest in being part of this project. I'm very happy to have you here. How's your day? <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here too. And my day has been good. It's been busy, but good busy. So I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for, yeah, again, taking the time to do this after a long day. And after the long weekend, too, like everyone's tired and just trying to get back on track. <laughs> but, that's true. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's always a good thing. Ritika, I wanted to ask you, this is the very first question of the interview. Do you mind telling me and the audience, what is your age? title and how would you describe yourself? I'm 30 years old, just turned 30 actually, so just entering the new decade. Congratulations. Um, thank you, thank you so much. I'm a lawyer and a journalist, though I currently work in journalism and a lot of words to describe myself, but I'd say I'm a big reader, I love sports, I love the outdoors, I think Vancouver has taught me to love the outdoors and I love chocolates. That's, I have a big sweet too. So that's another thing that I'm known for. So yeah, just, those are a few words in which I would describe myself. Awesome. I have a huge sweet tooth as well. So I'm your girl. When I'm in Calgary, I know whom to hit up for like 
the best dessert places? Oh yeah, I know many. I have so many recommendations. <laughs> okay, that's that's good to know. <laughs> Kritika, so you recently turned 30. And I know that sometimes people may think that, oh, you know, five years isn't a lot of time. But even like one year, God, even one month can make such a huge difference in someone's life. So I wanted to ask you, what did you do when you were 25? You mentioned that you are a lawyer and a journalist. That is actually pretty cool. But when you were 25, what did you study? What did, where did you work? What were your hobbies? What did you do in your time? So my 25th birthday was actually my second day in Canada. It was an entirely new experience to me. I finished law school at 23, and between the ages of 23 and 24, I worked as a corporate lawyer in India, and I realized that corporate law was not for me. <laughs> law itself was probably not for me, and so I started looking for a change. And at 25, I moved to Canada, where I started grad school in journalism. So it was a year of a lot of change. I switched my profession. I moved to a different part of the world. And in general, so many things were changing around me. So, I mean, I was just starting grad school at 25 and I was excited to see what life threw at me. So you were open like to possibilities? And oh yeah, I was so excited because like I said, completely new field altogether. I had zero journalism experience and I was just throwing myself into the deep end to just hope that things worked out. And I just hope that I liked it because I used to read a lot. So, and I mean, I even used to write a lot, though not as a journalist per se. So I just thought, okay, you know what? This is what I really like doing. This is what I'm going to do. And I figured that moving to a new country would be a great experience. Again, something which I think 20s is a good time to do that. So I just took the risk, moved. And again, when you move to a new place, it just feels like the possibilities are endless. And so I had a lot of energy when I came into Canada. I love that. And Ritika, what did you think when you were 25? You just said that you had a lot of energy and you thought that the possibilities were endless. But besides that, like, what was your vision of the world? Did you have a strong belief? Did you follow a religion? Or even like what made you want to switch and turn your life upside down? Yeah, I mean, at 25, I had a lot of very strong beliefs. But I think the one belief I've always had uh, right through was, I mean, I've always done a lot of work on human rights, whether it's research or groundwork. And so human rights, social justice, these were things I believe deeply in, which is what I went to law school for. I thought, you know what, I can make a difference to this planet. I mean, if I can make a difference to this planet, I should. And when I realized that I had passions outside of the law, which was, like I said, journalism, and I moved to journalism, I wanted to write about stories which people wouldn't really talk about in mainstream media. And a lot of the work I do even today is social justice related and human rights related. And so, yeah, I think at 25, that's when I had a lot of energy. And I said, if... I need to put this energy to good use. I need to really love what I'm doing. And that's when I realized law wasn't working for me. So I made the switch. And I'm, I'm really liking journalism. So I think I took a really good decision at the age of 25 and still sticking by it five years down the line. That's amazing. Good for you. And Thank I meant to ask, because you write about issues that are not presented on the mainstream media, like, have you faced any challenges doing that? Oh, well, most of my work has been through the pandemic. I work as a journalist, so access is definitely an issue because I'm sitting in Vancouver and um, I write stories about all over the world. 
So access is sometimes not the easiest. But even otherwise, I'm very junior. I'm just starting out in my career. A lot of people are not willing to talk to me. And so I think that I would say is the biggest challenge because the pandemic, I mean, there's going to be a point in time and that's no longer a challenge. But getting people to trust me and talk to me about whatever stories I'm chasing and their stories. So I think that would be the biggest challenge. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I wondered about that, whether like publications wouldn't want to publish some kind of content because like, no, this is not what we do. So I find that sometimes with social justice, they're a bit, yeah, that is true. There are a lot of uh, those issues as well, but that's not something I face just yet. That's, that's good. (laughs) I'm I'm happy to hear that. (laughs) Fingers crossed it continues this way. (laughs) And Ritika, I know I, completely changed the subject but going back to what you were telling me about your experience and what you thought about when you were 25 like putting your energy into good use from when you were 25 to this day what has changed in the world in your environment or in yourself well a lot has changed when I was 25 we didn't have a pandemic the pandemic's just been going on forever I mean I was 27 when the pandemic started I'm 30 now So I feel like I was robbed of the last of my 20s through the pandemic. So a lot has changed in the world. And because the world wasn't functioning normally, I feel like nobody could function normally, me included. So I think everything changed, I would say. My outlook towards life, my outlook towards, you know, friends, family, work, everything completely changed. And I started prioritizing things which I wouldn't prioritize earlier. And things which didn't seem important to me just suddenly were like the most important things on my plate. So yeah, everything has just changed. And again, I was fairly new, I would say, to Canada. I was two and a half years in when the pandemic hit. So dealing with that in a, in a new country, it's, I mean, I wouldn't again say new, but fairly new country, if I may. It sort of just changes the way you deal with yourself, the, day, the way you deal with other people and your everything, actually. Everything just changes. Yeah, I was... Uh, are you here in Canada by yourself and is your family in India? Yeah, I, uh, I came here by myself. I did the same too. And yeah, with COVID and everything, it's like it must have been hard not to see your family in two years. Yeah, it was, it was very hard. And I mean, this was a global issue. So obviously I was like keeping up with what was happening in Canada, what was happening in India. And the second wave was terrible in India. This was in April and May of 2021. And I think that was very, very difficult because every time I opened social media, every time I looked at the news, it was always about how the death tolls in India are so high and I lost so many people I knew through that band, through that second wave. So it was definitely challenging. And again, like I said, when you go through these sort of tough times, it just changes so much. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ritika, because you said like those experiences changed your mindset. Like you mentioned, oh, things that I didn't prioritize, I began to prioritize them. So could you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, well... I moved here at 25 and that time I was in grad school. All I would do every week uh, over the weekends was like hang out with my friends and party and do the fun stuff, which, you know, uh, everyone does in grad school. And life was going great. I mean, I enjoyed that. It was pretty much an autopilot and I had no complaints. But the moment the pandemic hit, 
suddenly like being so far away from home, I remember asking myself, is it worth it? Is it worth staying here? I mean, what are you chasing when, you know, your parents, your family, everyone's in a different part of the world and you can't do anything to help them because under most circumstances, you can just go home, you know, hop on the next flight home. But something like this, you can't do that. They can't come here. You can't go there. And I was just asking myself, is it worth coming this far and trying to build a new life for yourself when, you know, so much of your energy and your emotion is actually somewhere else. So I think that was one big thing that changed. And I think the second thing was I realized when, when life is smooth sailing, you're, you're so busy, you don't give enough time to yourself. But during the pandemic, we had a pretty strict lockdown for a couple of months in Vancouver. And I just sat at home and couldn't do anything else. So I just sit at home, sit in my room and I think a lot. And I feel like that was, the, the time was a bit of a luxury, something which I didn't have earlier. And suddenly I started discovering these things about myself, things which I didn't know about myself. And I realized that a lot of things which I thought was super important before the pandemic are actually not that important. And things like, you know, family, friends, just being able to see each other, that that's definitely a lot more important than, than what I took it to be, especially because it's something I could do so easily before the pandemic. I just started taking it for granted. And I think a lot of people did. So yeah, a lot of things changed during that time. Yeah, for some people, including myself too, like as a wake-up call. Correct. It was like a sudden stop and it's like, yes, it was awful. But the ones who were like lucky enough to work from home like ourselves, it was just like a hard stop from like our busy lives. Like, a, okay, now you have to deal with yourself. <laughs> you can't just like overwork yourself. <laughs> like now you have all this time. Yeah, deal with yourself. That's true. I think it's the time a lot of us didn't know what to do with. Like I was like, oh, I have like three hours today, which I would normally have used to commute or uh, come home and cook. Whereas I was cooking in, the, in my lunch break. I would just step out of my room, go to the kitchen, cook and like head back in. I think so much changed during those uh, few months. And Ritika, you explain a little bit of this, but what do you do now and what are your beliefs? So right now I work as an investigative journalist. I do a bunch of things actually. So I work part-time as an investigative journalist and I also manage um, a completely separate journalism project. Both run out of UBC in Vancouver. A lot of my work involves doing research on topics across the world because I work with a media house so it depends on what we're working on at that point in time so yeah a lot of the back-end research is done by me I also do a lot of the administrative work because it's kind of like what we call startup culture everybody does a little bit of everything I'm happy to be able to write about stories which most people or almost everyone's forgotten about or doesn't know about because media is not talking about it. It's not something you'd read when you read the news every morning. I'm enjoying working on social justice issues, but in a different way rather than when I had my lawyer hat on. I'm definitely enjoying it. That's great to hear. What do you like the most about being an investigative journalist? Do you have like a favorite story that you've written so far? <laughs> I've actually not worked in too many projects because a lot of these take years to do or months and I haven't been working very long because I just finished grad school a few years ago but I did do a pretty exciting story when I was a student at UBC. I traveled to Peru and we worked on a story on fish meal production and 
it was actually a class at UBC and a few of us traveled to Peru, a few traveled to Western Africa, and a few traveled to China because, I mean, China is the biggest consumer of fish meal. Peru is the biggest producer. And West Africa also, like, there's a lot of uh, production that takes place there. I mean, this was a year-long project where we researched uh, the different problems for the local people through the supply chain at various stages. And it was exciting. I didn't know anything about fish meal production. I didn't even know what fish meal was, if I'm being honest. So it was exciting. And I think it's the first really long and like in-depth project that I got to work on. And it, it took a year. And I also got to travel to a new place, learn what uh, life is like in Peru, learn what journalism is like in Peru, uh, learn what fishing is like in Peru. Again, something I didn't know. And it was a whole new experience and I absolutely loved it. I think after that, I was like, okay, I think I found my beat. This is what I want to do. And uh, yeah, just try to sort of stick in the field. That sounds amazing. Congratulations on doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And Ritika, talking about cool things, <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge and how do you deal with it or dealt with it? Uh, I think my biggest challenge, like I mentioned earlier, would be living away from home during the pandemic. There was no real way to deal with it than to just get through it. I mean, the entire world had pretty much come to a standstill. And I don't think I had much of an option but to just stick on and power through because I was looking for employment at that point in time. And it was not easy to not have work through the day. I tried getting into other activities. I started biking and Vancouver is a great city to bike in. So I bought a bike. I started biking a lot. Uh, I used to play a lot of tennis when I was younger. So I got back into tennis because these were outdoor activities which were permitted. And I started reading. I mean, I've always been a big reader, but I think pushed me into reading a little more. And I just kept telling myself that, okay, you know, you've got to get your mind off of things sometimes, like off of job applications, out of, the, you know, stop thinking about the pandemic. You need to just make sure that mentally you're in a place where you can get up tomorrow morning and power through the next day. So I feel like I picked up a lot of new hobbies and or sort of re-picked up my older hobbies and that definitely went a very long way. And I think that helped me overcome this huge weight on my head of just living away from home and having to deal with the pandemic on my own. Yeah, hobbies and like things that make you happy are so important. And so like, important. And we forget about them, like just playing, like play is so important. And sometimes we don't prioritize it when we should. And Ritika... Can you share about a time in which you succeeded? So what happened and what did you do? So this can be something at school, like with your family, at work. What comes to your mind? <laughs> well, I haven't done anything earth-shaking just yet. Hopefully, a few years down the line, I'd have like a big success story to share. But I think I'm sticking it through the pandemic and managing to get myself a job which I wanted just by like pushing and yeah, hanging in there. And believing that I could do it, believing in myself. I think that would be uh, something I was very happy with. And I mean, I guess for everyone, success is very different. What someone looks at success needn't, needn't be the same to me, needn't be the same way I look at it. So I think this was something I really wanted to do and kept telling myself, you should do that. You should get that job. 
And I was able to do that. So in my own mind, I was able to succeed. And I think for me, that was huge. I was very excited. And I remember going out the day I got the job offer that it was, I think it was a Friday morning. I went out that evening just on my own and had the best meal because things had just started opening up a little bit in Vancouver. We could do like patio seating. So I remember like sitting and just ordering this big mac and cheese because it was November. It was cold. And I love mac and cheese. So it was it was a pretty, pretty great evening. That is so beautiful. I love hearing that because believing in yourself is success. Yeah. And It's I mean, huge. after going through like months of, well, bleak times, it was just this huge ray of sunshine, which sort of opened up again. I felt like a, it, it opened up so many new possibilities to me that I felt like it had to be celebrated with some good food. Yeah, order that mac and cheese. Make it a large bowl, please. <laughs> it was a large bowl. And I remember, I'm not a very big eater, so I had to like pack half of it and take it home. And I had it the next day. And I mean, I loved it. So I didn't really mind. <laughs> it was a good meal, though. I still remember it. Yeah, you gotta celebrate your successes, yes, right? For sure. And Ritika, can you share a time in which you failed? So what happened? How did you handle the situation and what did you learn? Like everyone else, I've messed up so many times, both with, you know, personal relationships, uh, professional relationships, uh, work itself. I think everyone messes up and I'm no exception. I think when I, when I was applying for jobs in 2020, I must have applied to more than 100 jobs and I would get rejections every day sometimes multiple a day and and you you feel it you know it starts affecting your psyche your confidence i didn't have a choice but to pick myself up every day and kind of start over the next day so i mean i failed not just once but multiple times in that one year each time you fail it gets a little easier i know it sounds really weird but you're like okay i've done this before i got out of it i can do it again and i'll be fine so and i think that's really important i think it's very important to be okay with failing okay with not being the best at whatever you do although I mean you want to try to be the best I mean that's what everyone wants to do but very few end up being the best and that's really okay and I think accepting that is a good first step towards accepting your failures and I think that one year I took so many rejections from companies that I just got used to it at one point it was almost expected <laughs> But the day something hit, like I said, it called for like a big mac and cheese celebration. And yeah, I mean, I learned that it's it's okay to fail. And you come out of each time you failed. You can't be, and you come out of it okay most of the times, you know. It's not fun. It's disappointing. It's upsetting. But it's really okay. It gives you another shot to do whatever it is that you were trying to do. And I think that for me was the biggest learning. And something that I still keep telling myself every time I find myself in like tough situations or I'm disappointed about something. Like, it's okay. I mean, you remember all those hundred rejections you got. It's fine. You came out of it. Look at you today. So I think that was very important for me to learn. And possibly my biggest learning from 2020 or through the pandemic, I'd say. Like all those rejection letters led you to your dream job, right? <laughs> exactly. And I feel like each of those rejections not only made me uh, more resilient towards rejection, but also helped me in small ways. Okay, maybe I should change my cover letter here. Maybe my CV needs to be like changed up here and there. So even very specifically for this task, it was extremely helpful. Wow. 
Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's really important, especially because I think I'm 25, like I am 25, but even like friends and like family members who are my age, that we put so much pressure on ourselves, like, oh, we have to be the best and we need to get this and that. And I've learned that it's okay to, like you said, right? Sometimes it's okay to fail. I've heard people say like, oh, it's okay to fail. And if you fail, make sure you fail fast. Like, okay, one after another, one after another, because, yeah, you build tough skin. That's you what do. <laughs> and I, that, that's very true. I completely agree with that, and, which is why I think it's very important for everybody to play a sport. I feel like when you play, you learn how to lose. And learning to deal with winning is very easy. It's not difficult when you're doing so well and, you know, you're going out there winning. It's when you lose that it becomes so much more difficult and I used to play a lot of sports as a kid especially tennis and I feel like on that tennis court learning to lose when people are watching you takes a lot more than learning how to be winning or I mean everyone's okay with winning but learning how to deal deal with victory and I think that 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 definitely makes people stronger and like you said uh, you become thick-skinned you you just learn to be okay with all the failures life throws at you because life is going to throw terrible stuff at you and you're just going to have to deal with it. And the earlier you learn to deal with it, the better it is. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I love that last quote. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So you were just mentioning about how that served you. Those rejections led you to have to your dream job and you started to learn how to better deal with rejection like you got used to it. But now I want to ask you what has motivated you or what motivates you? You know, you keep hearing people say things will get better. It's something I just sort of took into one year and out of the other. But I genuinely believe it's true. The more I think about it, like, yeah, everything does get better and things do fall into place. And sometimes it just takes a little longer than it does at other times. Because every time I found myself in a tough position, I mean, I look back now and I realize that every single time it's worked out or it may not have worked out exactly the way I wanted, but I've always been okay at the end of it. Like you've come out of it okay. So I think just, I I used to tell myself every day, you know, just one more day, just one more day, take it one day at a time and things will get better and everything is not going to fall into place um, on the same day. It's going to happen little by little, but it definitely does happen. And I think I kept telling myself that and that motivated me to do a lot, lot better. And I also did this very weird thing where I started reading about some of my favorite celebrities and how they get out of tough times. And it makes them a lot more human to you. And like, okay, you know, they could do this. And what's stopping me? So believing that things will get better was important for me to motivate and push myself to get out of that situation. Thank you, Ritika. I love a good celebrity story, especially like those motivating ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which ones push you through these difficult times? I'm huge on sports. I actually read a book on Roger Federer, who was my favorite athlete. Yeah. And it's, it's basically his biography. So it talks about all the tough times he's endured since he was a kid. And... I've been following his career so closely for the last almost 20 years now. But I think just learning, I mean, he left home when he was like a teenager, very, very young. And how he dealt with that, how he dealt with missing home. It felt very relatable at the time because, I mean, I was a lot older than what he was then. But I was dealing with many of the same emotions. 
And hearing his story definitely motivated me because I grew up hero worshipping him. So it comforted me in many ways and made it a little bit easier to get through those times. Yeah, made you feel like less alone, right? It does, yeah. yeah, it does make you feel less alone. More understood. <laughs> Correct. And Ritika, I have a, it's new, but if you could go back to when you were 25, would you change anything or make things different? 25 was exactly the time I started grad school. So there was so much excitement. I definitely wouldn't change that. But I feel at times, I mean, looking back now, maybe I could have pushed myself a little bit more in terms of my career and grad school more specifically. So maybe just, yeah, pushing myself a little bit more, not too much more, because I think at 25, it's also a good time to like enjoy life because you have an entire life ahead of you to work. But I just wish I pushed myself a little bit more. Okay. And Gritika, what advice do you have for today's 20-somethings? Or what do you wish you knew when you were 25? Well, advice for 20-something-year-olds today would definitely be take risks. They're always rewarding. I remember being terrified when I left law because law is a very, it's a very secure field. You can have a stable job for years and it's financially also very stable and very secure. So I remember leaving that, leaving home leaving country where I grew up in, where I have still, you know, a lot of family members. Leaving all of that and coming here was a, a huge risk. But I think the rewards are also great. I mean, I got to meet some amazing people in Vancouver, both, you know, through social circles, through professional circles. It's been fantastic. I have no regrets at all. And it also pushed me into a field which I'm so much more passionate about than what I was doing earlier. So. The risk is worth it. And this is just one story. I'm sure so many people have taken bigger risks. Yeah, so I would say take risks because the older you get, the more difficult it is to take that risk. So go for it while you can. And something I wish I knew uh, when I was 25 is probably it's, it's okay to ask for help when you need it. I was always too scared or too embarrassed to ask for help, whether it was professionally or otherwise. But I think it's okay and I think everyone should seek help when they need it because most people are willing to help you. And I realized this when, you know, someone came to me for help and I was so happy to help. And then I realized that, okay, it's, it's really okay for me to also go and ask other people for help if I need it because they're probably going to be as willing to help me. And that's something I wish I knew when I was 25 because I don't think I sought help often enough. And there were so many things I thought I'd figure out on my own. And you do. It's just a lot easier if you ask someone. And I think there are going to be times when you don't have the option to figure it out on your own and you need to ask someone, just ask them. It's okay. Everyone's been there and everyone's willing to help. I think that is such an important, even myself, a couple of years earlier, I was also like terrified. I was like, no, I need to figure it out on my own. Like I'm a grown up now. <laughs> and it's like, woman, people are more than happy to help and like lend a hand and just ask. It's also a way for others to pay back because everyone has been helped at some point. So it's like this little chain of papers and help. Yeah, I think that what you said, it's so important. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I just hope that people have the confidence to just take that plunge and ask for it. Yeah. 
And Ritika, we've reached our last question. So I want to ask if there's anything you'd like to share that you think it's important and I didn't ask. I just feel like when you're 25, you need to have fun. That's the most important because 50 years later, you're not going to look back and say, hey, I wish I, you know, I don't know, score a little more on this assignment. But you're going to look back and say, hey, I wish I'd gone on that trip or, you know, whatever it is. Not to say that you shouldn't do your assignments. You should. It's very, very important. But don't forget to have fun along the way because I think it's so important. And you've got years ahead of you where life gets more serious. I'm not that old. I mean, I'm not that much older than 25, but I, I already feel like life gets a little more serious and it's going to only get more and more serious and work pressures, you know, tend to start creeping in and you don't have the sort of freedom which you do at 25 to just like take off and do what you want. You do, but it's not as easy. So I would say go for it while you can and enjoy being 25. What was one of the best years for me. And I hope everyone else has as much fun as I did when they're 25. Thank you so much. I love that. Especially the fight score this on this assignment like it doesn't matter it really like, doesn't matter like employers are gonna ask me like what was my grade on this course <laughs> not at all and you yourself are not going to remember it in like a few months so yeah just, just do the right thing and enjoy yourself whatever whatever your understanding of enjoyment is i think everyone should just enjoy their younger days <laughs> thank you so much for the advice Ritika, and for sharing your story it was great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast doing this and uh, <laughs> reliving some old times was really nice. So thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode or you think it will be helpful for someone, feel free to share. You can also find the written stories at medium.com slash project 25. If you know someone who would like to share their experience being 25, you can send me a message at the email that's on the episode description or through our social media channels, which are also listed on the episode description. Thank you for your time. I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.